I'm going to transition here and invite um, the five leaders up here for our panel discussion tonight. So we sort of did this in, um, in March, actually, like six months ago, but the tied for second place on the most asked questions for this Hot Topic series, we're wrapping this up tonight, second place were a ton of questions about dating, um, about purity, like what is purity, about, about sex and sexual relationships a little bit. So uh, just a great way to do this, we felt like, is to get wisdom from a lot of different leaders. So there's five of them up here. Um, if you're, you know, every, every, every Oasis leader has a boatload of wisdom, has a story to tell. They're maybe dating. They're not. They didn't date. They're still single. They're married. But we just, we just chose these five. In fact, Carrie was on the one, I think, in March, but I just thought she had really good stuff to say, so I asked her to come and do it again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of MC and ask these guys questions, and I'm going to fall off the stage. But will you real quick, Mike, I'll start with you. Will you sort of just briefly share... Introduce yourself, all of you. So, um, give me this. Tell me your name. Tell me, um, state like about your family. Are you married, not married, and and kids, that sort of thing. Okay. And uh, maybe even just say where you what you do for a living, where you work. Okay. Just real quick. I work. Whatever. My name is Mike. Mike. Uh, I've been married for twenty years. Um, I have two kids. Brittany just graduated last year. She goes to K State. Jordan is sitting back there somewhere. He's a junior this year, um, and uh, just retired from the Air Force also. So work at First Data. And clap it up. Is that it? Is that yeah, it? It's okay. Good. You can give it to Carrie real quick. I'm Carrie, and I have two kids, a seven-year-old son and a gorgeous freshman, Kaylee, <laughs> and I'm married Sorry. to... It's not funny. Why did I laugh? And I work at Union Pacific Railroad downtown. Uh, I'm Nathan Brown. Um, I've been married for five months on the 21st of November, which hasn't happened yet, but it's coming up. Um, I think it's five months. <laughs> I got married in June, so it's got to be close to five months, right? Um, <laughs> Don't work... turn red. What? Don't turn red. No, Claire turned red. Okay. Um, but I work for Streamline Construction, and I've lived in Omaha my whole life. Uh, my name is Dakota. Uh, I am an intern here at Brookside. I'm not married, uh, but I have been dating a girl for four years, uh, well, close to four years. Uh, she's back home in Kentucky, so yeah, that's about it. My name is Sydney, and I work at an art nonprofit down in Benson. And I've been dating for a year and seven months ish. So, Eli, yeah. <laughs> Eli, yep. yep. That's good. All right. Thank you. Thank you, leaders. And thank you for doing this. So, uh, I'm just going to go through. Uh, basically, there were eight questions that you all asked, and uh, I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but we're going to try to. And, um, and again, our goal is sort of one, as we said last week, if you were here last week, our source is the Bible. We just sort of derive our source of, of authority for what we believe is from the Bible. But I, I, want, I want you all to hear sort of just the life experiences for, from some of these leaders. They may give you some, they may mention a Bible verse, they may not, but um, our sort of like bottom line tonight on the talk sheet, on the questions, you know, we, we go over in, in small group, is really just this, I can learn from those who've been in dating relationships before me. 
And, um, and you can, and that's great. And I would hope in this area of relationships, we just, you don't want to blow it. None of you do. You don't want to blow it. If your parents are divorced, you probably don't want to go through that. In fact, you may, you may have doubts about marriage because your parents went through a divorce and it was ugly or something like that. So um, this whole topic of relationships and, and uh, sexual relationships and all that stuff is hugely important. And it's, I think for all of you, it's really relevant. I mean, you really care about this topic. So um, the first two sort of flow together. I'm going to start with this one that just says, is it, is it a good idea to date in high school? I'm going to couple these two together. And I'm, I'm letting anyone who wants to speak, speak. So speak up. Um, try not to dominate, but talk as much as you want or as little as you want. So is it a good idea to date in high school? And the other one says, how old should I be to date? How old should I be to date? Someone get it rolling. Um, and hold the mic up close. Hold the mic up yeah, close to my mouth. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the right, well, I don't know if it's the right age, but I think a good age would be 18 and a half. Um, <laughs> specifically because if you're 18 and a half, you're out of high school. Um, so that kind of answers the second question. Is, Automatically? No, I don't think it's a good idea to date in high school. And that's just, um, looking back on it, um, I had a relationship in high school that was a big mistake. Um, yeah, big mistake. Um, kind of a failed, a failed deal right off the start. But looking back, I mean, it just kind of hit me how immature I was about it. And uh, it just, I mean, it could have been avoided and all the heartache could have been avoided. But, you know, I learned from it and I grew through it. Um, so I guess that's my reasoning. I would say, too, this is a gray area. So the Bible... The Bible doesn't talk about dating. Certainly, I don't, they didn't experience dating like we experience it today in the 21st century. I, I think all the marriages were sort of arranged back then. And you maybe got married, you know, Mary and Joseph, that sort of stuff, betrothal and things. You were maybe like 14, 15 years old, and, um, and that would have been hard. But so we sort of knew, and I talked to the leaders about this a little bit, that even opinions on this panel may be different. How are you? The answer is no in 30. Um, I I would say there's uh, high school age is a great time to figure out what your interests are kind of where you want to go in life Um, if you're a follower of Christ it's a great time to focus on your relationship with him start maturing in that Um, and figuring out where you want to go to college what you want to do for a career and uh, just one thing to think about is if you're dating, that could have a big influence on that um, uh, for good or for bad. And, and so that's just something to think about. You mean going off to college? Like yeah, or career, even or- uh, following what your passion is versus what the other person's passion is. Or, you know, it could be stifling to what you really want to do, what your real passion is in life, uh, because they don't want to do it. So you put that on hold. Um, So I had a high school boyfriend, and uh, I would say that it did slow me down, kind of like what you were saying. Um, It made my freshman year in college miserable because I just missed him the whole time. And thinking back, a lot of us in high school had boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, couples. And of all of those, I know one couple of my whole life I've ever met, actually, that dated through high school, got married, and have not had uh, either broken up or got divorced. 
Um, so the likelihood that who you're dating right now is someone you're actually going to marry, well, maybe you'll marry him, but you're going to get divorced if you marry him, probably. Um, it, I mean, you have such slim odds that everything you're doing with that person now, um, even if it's just time and even if it's just a friendship, um, even, you know, even if it's not physical, it's just something that you're wasting um, that time on them where you could be building good friendships that are lifelong. And you're also taking that away from your future spouse. So that's just something to think. At the time, it doesn't seem like you could live without them, but you'll evolve and change and mature and become different people, and most likely you won't stay together. So, That's good. Dakota, Sydney, anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, so I first started dating the girl that I'm dating now all the way back in seventh grade. Uh, we were on a mission trip, uh, dated for like six months, broke up. Dated again, I think like right before my freshman year. Dated for eight months, broke up. Uh, but we, we kept coming back to each other, and, it, and I, I was not girl crazy. Uh, that, that was not, like, it just, it just happened. Like, we just, I don't know, we, we, we knew that we shouldn't, like, focus on each other. Um, so for me, I, I wouldn't say dating is a, an awful thing, uh, but if dating is your priority and, and dating is your focus, then it's not going to be healthy. Um, they, a lot of them have already mentioned, in high school, like, focus on your friends and focus on your family because if you can build strong relations with them, like, they're the people that are going to be, for, be with you for the rest of your life. Uh, I know for me, like, for me with dating, uh, my girlfriend, honestly, like, she kept me out of tr- more trouble, like, dating, like, would, if I was, like, if I would have been single. Uh, my friends, like, in high school, they got a little crazy, and, uh, I mean, they started getting to the party scene, and because I had my girlfriend, she was kind of an escape for, for that, like, so I, I got away from the party scene, and and from alcohol and drugs, and it was great. Um, but I mean, I, obviously, looking back, like, yeah, me and Madison, we both agree that there's times where we, we definitely spent way too much time together um, and kind of missed out on some friends' things. But, but like I said, like, I would not say dating is a bad thing. Um, obviously, like, these guys are, they're way, ahead, they're way ahead of the game than I am. But just like for where I'm at right now, dating has been great. Um, but again, like, intentions have to be for the right reasons. If you're just dating just to date somebody and just to have that title of a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like, throw it out the window. It's not worth it. Um, if you're dating for the, for the sense and the purpose to figure out, like, like, who do you want to marry one day? Like, I mean, that, I mean those, are, those are questions, I mean, those are questions that you shouldn't be shy of or be afraid of, so... You want to? You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Um, in high school, my mom always told me, like, don't date, don't date. You need to wait until you're out of college and, or out of high school and <laughs> out of college and when you're 30. <laughs> five, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure most of you have probably heard that from either somebody you know or a family member or something. Um, and at the time, I thought that was super silly and, like, I just wanted a boyfriend and to experience something like that. And I did date somebody for like a summer and that was it. And it was silly and I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, but I think what I really like just wanted at that time was, was God. Honestly, I felt like I was like lonely. I needed somebody, but it honestly was just God at that point. And I think that's why I thought, I don't know. All my friends dated, so that's why I totally. thought I needed to do. That's really, yeah. Everyone else is doing it. I think a lot of you could probably relate to that. I also think this. Most of you hear any of this, and it's very easy for us to stand up here now 
and say what we're saying because it's after the fact, right? Like hindsight is twenty twenty. But going through it, we all, and so you hear this and a lot of you go, man, you guys are so old <laughs> and you're so old fashioned and my parents tell me that too and you just go, forget that, I'm dating somebody or I just like him and we're going to do what we want to do. So I just want to air that. I mean, I know that that's what a lot of you are thinking. We're Neanderthals and we're sort of old now. But listen, I mean, it's just t- take to heart what, what the leaders say. I would say the same thing. After the fact, I'd go, yeah, I sort of wish I hadn't. But, um, you know, if you do, you can do it right and you live and you learn and um, maybe you'll experience heartbreak. That's one of the later questions, but I'll move on. Um, some of these I want maybe one of you to take a shot at because otherwise we'll, we won't get through all of them. Um, just real quick, maybe, um, <laughs> Mike, I'm just going to ask you this. I was trying to think of a guy, I'm guessing, asked this question. The question is, um, how do you tell someone you like them, but you are too shy and timid to do so? How do you tell someone you like them, but you're too shy and timid to do so? Um, well, just, will you take a stab at that? And unless somebody has sure. an urgent, somebody else has an urgent thing, I want to I want to get through some of these. So I guess the question would be, why do you want to tell them you like them? Um, I would say get to know them and try to be, become their friend. Um, and then as they get to know you, you get to know them, it should become obvious that you like them. I don't, um, I don't know what the purpose in telling someone that you don't know that you like them. Uh, I don't know. You just want them to know. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, have your friend tell them. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, I think that's not, a bad, that's not a bad answer. You resort to middle school tactics, right? Or you, Send Dakota them a note. and I were talking about this earlier, Dakota goes, you write them a note, and you like give it to them at their locker. Text them. They probably don't know your number. <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah, I was saying, really, if you're shy, um, we live in a world of yeah, social media and stuff. I mean, if you can ask a friend for the girl's number or something, you just text them. Um, but I would say this. Leslie and I, we're both introverts, big time. We're both tribe leaders, right? We're college age. Leslie's my wife. So um, I come to Omaha. I go to college. I'm helping out in tribe. Um, meet this pretty girl. To- totally thought she was out of my league. But we were both introverts. And um, she initiated the, any sort of relationship by email. We didn't talk at Tribe. We weren't really supposed to. We were focusing on porn into students. And um, the, she emailed me, I think, a couple times, and I didn't have her address in my inbox. And this is, what, this is like early 2000s. No, this is 2003, 2004. And it went to my junk mail just automatically because that's the way I had things set up. I, was, I just didn't want junk mail in my inbox. So she thought I was a huge jerk. She just thought I ignored her, never emailed her back. But we, I, I say all this to say we had an email relationship for at least three, four months. We never talked in person. We'd come to Brookside. We'd serve together. We're college students even. We're way beyond high school. But we totally, I was too shy to go approach her. And I just thought to, I just thought she, the world of her and she was way out of my league. Uh, we'll move along. Not to dominate it, um, the conversation. Okay, um, this one's good. When dating, any one of you can tackle this. But first person to speak up, take the whole question. Um, what's a good way to bridge the topic of religious faith without offending the other person? One of you asked this, that in a dating relationship, how do you sort of bring up religion or your, your views about religious things without offending the other person? Someone want to take a shot at that? <laughs> I don't know if I want this one or not. Um, 
just because I have my own opinions. But uh, I hold I the think, mic up. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah, I think I think if they're going to get offended by it, they're not worth your time. Honestly, um, I know it's probably hard to hear, but you know if if you're a born again believer and you know are looking you know, for a good, solid relationship, if they're not on track with you faith-wise, it's not going to be worth your time, and it's probably not going to end well in the end. Um, but that... What if, what if he's really cute, though? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, 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 I don't think that... <laughs> Anybody else, real quick? Yeah, uh, for girls especially, I saw this with my sister. Uh, she dated... Uh, so she was a junior, he was a senior. He was a stud, like, awesome guy, great guy, uh, but he was not a spiritual leader in the relationship, and that's why their relationship ended. Uh, but now she's married. Uh, the guy, I mean, she's married an awesome guy, too. Uh, but, like, their relationship with the new guy was totally different because he led her spiritually. So girls, like, do not date a guy who is not spiritually leading you because it's not going to work. Like, I mean, yes, they can change, uh, but, don't, like, it's, it's hard, and, like, it's not worth it. Um, so if you are going to step into a relationship with, a, with another guy, like, make sure he's leading you spiritually uh, more importantly than anything else. And uh, going back to why the friendship is so key at starter at first is because that's when you get to know somebody and know what they believe. Um, like, my wife Claire and I, we were friends in college for three years before, you know, I even asked her if maybe she'd go on a date with me. Um, but, you know, through those three years, we had conversations, and there was no intentions behind them, but we were able to ask each other questions and debate on different things. And, you know, we just, it just turned out that what we believed was right on track with each other, and that's one of the things that drew, drew me or was attractive to me. Um, that's so. really good. Let's, we'll move on. If you do want to look it up in small groups, the passage, as far as marrying someone who's a nonbeliever, is addressed in the Bible. That's 2 Corinthians um, chapter 6, 14, verse 14. So 2 Corinthians 6, 14. You've probably see, um, seen the passage before. Okay, um, heartbreak. Um, I was going to say, I, again, I don't know. I was going to ask Sydney. I, I know you said you didn't have a strong relationship, but I think you, I tend to feel like heart, when it comes to, the question is, um, what's a godly way uh, to deal with heartbreak? I tend to feel like that's a girl asking the question. I can tell by the handwriting. Um, <laughs> hopefully. Sorry if you're a dude. But uh, I just wanted a girl to speak to this. It maybe is. Who well, knows? That's a compliment if a guy can write that well. Um, but, Sydney, maybe what would you say? Take this question. What, what is a godly way to deal with heartbreak? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, when I was in high school, I was in a small group. And um, it was a group of girls, and we uh, would meet together at Panera Bread and basically cry for like an hour, because that's basically what we did. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, one night, I remember one of the girls came to group, and she was telling us that her boyfriend had broke up with her. And it was a super traumatic conversation, and we're all like, man, he doesn't know what he's missing, you know, what girls say. And then... (laughs) But our leader stopped us, and she looked at us, and she's like, okay, like, I get all of this, but I want you to think about the person who you're going to marry. And we're like, okay. And so we thought about the personality, what he would look like, and how he would act, and what his job could be, and all of these different things. And so basically, we had the perfect guy in our head. And she's like, okay, now I want you to think about yourself. And... Do you, are you good enough? 
for that guy? Like, are you spiritually good enough for him and to be his wife? And we were like, uh, no, you know? And so I guess heartbreak definitely in those moments are when you feel alone and you feel sad and not good enough. And in those moments, those are like, you could be so close to God and work on yourself and your relationship with him. So that was... That is, that's yeah. really good. I know one thing I heard from a pastor, he this is sort of an oversimplification, but he, he tended to say, if you want to group people into categories, more conservative types tend to sort of stuff their feelings. Like you don't express yourself, but we're in a str- my family doesn't share, so you stuff your feelings. He said maybe more liberal types um, say you should vent your feelings and just let it all out and just explode and all this stuff. He said, biblically, you shouldn't stuff your feelings, you shouldn't uh, vent your feelings. You go to the Psalms and you, you should pray your feelings. So um, you're going through heartbreak, whatever. If you're suffering, um, just shout out to God. I mean, the whole, a lot of the Psalms are really heartbreaky kind of stuff. And it probably wasn't over, it wasn't over a girl. It was over like people were taking over their land. But cr- like pray, pray your feelings. <laughs> Cry out to God and let God sort of take all that stuff to God and take it to your small group leader. And I mean, that's awesome that Sydney had a leader in her life where they process that stuff or her friend could process that stuff. Okay, we're getting short on time. I want to get to, um, so I'm going to group sort of these together. Um, is it okay to have sex before marriage? Was just one asked. Is it okay to have sex before marriage? Sort of what does the Bible say about that? Um, this one, I really, again, I really want to approach some of these humbly, like I said last week. With gentle, you can tell there's emotion in some of these. This person wrote, "Why does God shame people for having sex? He's super judgmental. Um, why does God shame people?" So, I mean, it, but the question just says, you know, he's God is judgmental. I want you. I want someone to speak to that. Carrie, I was maybe going to say again. You're, I don't know, you're a female. I don't know if a female wrote these or not, but um, will you start us? Yeah, sure. So. The answer, as hard as it is to hear, is no. It's not okay to have sex before marriage. Um, And to answer the question of why does God shame us and make us feel bad about that, I guess um, I would think about a little kid, like if you have a brother, sister, nephew, niece, whatever, that's running out into a busy street, um, maybe even a busy, like, interstate, and you would be like, stop, stop, get out, you're going to get hurt. And, and you're not shaming him for doing that. You just worry, and you just want to save him or her from getting hit and getting hurt. And so I think that that's all God wants to do is just save you from all the pain that could come from it. Um, and so it's not, it's not shaming you. It's just trying to protect you. Um, and then I also would think, uh, so if you think about if you'd been, say you've been kissing since you were in kindergarten, like, all these girls and boys, you know, if you're a boy kissing girl, girl kissing boys, ever since you were in kindergarten, you just say you've kissed like 400 people by now, right? You just kiss, kiss, kiss. Would you, you'd just be so bored of kissing by now. Like that would just not even, you'd be like, like that would just not do it for you. You'd have to be doing more than that. So if you are sleeping around, which hopefully for, I mean, I'm exaggerating with the numbers here, but you know, if you're sleeping around and having sex, then by the time you get married, you're going to be like this and that, then, then there's nothing else left, and you're done. So you're going to have the rest of your life to be married. You need to save it for that because it's just like anything else. It'll get old, and if you sleep with all these people, you're going to get really disappointed when you get to your marriage, and you're like, well, geez, I've been doing this for 10, 20 years. So, I mean, hopefully you haven't, but 
I'm exaggerating the numbers. I, you know, uh, um, I want one of you, somebody maybe speak to as well in a group this size. There's definitely, you feel maybe shame or judgment just hearing an answer like that because we've screwed, we've screwed up. All of us on this panel have screwed up somehow. Maybe, maybe we did have sex before we got married. Some of you aren't married yet. Maybe we didn't, but I think we could all say we, we made mistakes. Um, I do want someone to sort of speak to that, like, don't feel, you know, I think shame is a result of sin. I don't think God, God, I don't think wants us to feel, that's exactly what Carrie said. God does not delight in us feeling shamed or guilty, but that's just a result of sin. Um, I didn't say this last week either. I mean, biblically, the context for marriage is between a man and a woman in a, in a loving relationship or in a loving marriage. Um, always, the context always in the Bible, sex just went with marriage. I mean, it was like, obviously, you know that that is the context for it, but so much of the language in the Bible was like, that, um, that's just, like, the two are inseparable. I mean, even like a sexless marriage, that's really bad too. So don't, I hope you don't ever walk away from church someday in college or something saying, we're anti-sex. I mean, you read the Song of Solomon, it's graphic, like it's very sexual. God is pro-sex, okay? God <laughs> invented sex, it's, it's great. It's just for this context of one man and one woman. Um, it's for a certain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad my wife's not here right now because she would be bright red. She, she always hated it when I said stuff like that when she was a leader. Um, but I'm just, I'm just saying. Just read the Song of Solomon. Is it hot in here? <laughs> I'm kidding. Somebody... Um, Somebody give, you know, just give a word to the person who, that, that's not an easy concept to, to go, you know, to go, just as far as like staying pure and my friends are sleeping around, it's sort of like the dating thing. Anyone, Dakota, will you speak to that real quick? I mean, is there anything yeah, that you would just so, say? Well, God, so you, you want me to like speak to the shame part? Is no, I want you to speak to like, if you've messed up, if you've messed up, what, you know, like, what do you do? What, I, say I... I've really just messed up in this area. Am I useless yeah. to God? No. Um, so, so going back to the part where, like, so like that question, it says God's super, like, really judgmental. Um, the picture of God is wrong right there because God is not just, he's not just a judge. Like, that's not what he does. He doesn't just sit in heaven and judge us, like, on everything that we do. Uh, God is more, he's a God of love and a God of forgiveness um, so, so first, like, just change your picture on that because uh, it's huge. Uh, in John, uh, yeah, John eight, um, it's in the middle. It's in the middle of the chapter. Jesus, the Pharisees are questioning Jesus, and Jesus says, like, I'm, I'm not here to judge you, but if I was to judge you, it would be the truth. So, so yes, Jesus, is, God is a judge, but more importantly, God is like He loves you and He has grace for you. So, no, like, if you've messed up, like that doesn't mean, like, you're going to hell. Like, that's not true. Like, there's love and there's grace in that. Um, but God does not want you to continue to do that. Like, it, like going back to la- last week, like, um, it's a, you don't want to find yourself in a, a lifestyle of sex or falling into the temptation of sex. Um, first off, the, the temptation's always going to be there, um, no matter what age you're at. Um, so, so if you have messed up in the past, no, God does not, like, he does, he's, you're not useless to him. Um, but he does want you to do that 180 change, and he does not want you to keep on doing it. 
um, but he will always extend grace and extend love to you. So that's really I, don't know if that, I don't know if that answers no, it. No, that's, that's awesome. And even I would say, I think the avenue he provides for us is really the church. I mean, the, the whole point of the church is for this to be a community. And so your small group, your small group leader, um, that is not just sex for a lot of you. We touched on this in March. It is definitely pornography. It is rampant. I mean, it's just all over our culture. And so for a lot of guys, pornography and masturbation is hugely just, it's a habit. Um, it's, what, it's what people live in. And it's not just guys, it's girls too. It's all over the place. I mean, it's just so accessible. You got the internet in your pocket now because you have, we have smartphones. So that's the same thing. You need accountability for that. You need, if you, when you reach the point where you go, I'm sick of this, this is going to ruin my marriage someday. This is going to ruin me as a boy or a girl. Um, you need accountability. You need to talk to a trusted person who will keep that confidential, but who will just ask you regularly, how are you doing with that? Are you having victory? I mean, how has this week been? How has this day been? Um, the one question we didn't get to, we don't have time to, uh, is what I'd love for you to discuss in small groups. Leaders, maybe start with this, but this, the question is just this, what is purity? You go, oh, probably as a Christian, you've heard that word thrown around so much, that, oh, it should be, should be pure. But I want you to wrestle with that, each of you. What, is, what does purity mean? And so leaders, maybe start with that tonight in small groups. What is, what is purity? Like what even, how would, if I wanted to be a pure person, what would that look like? All right, would you guys, could you give a hand to these five leaders and just thank them? Thank you guys so much.